0: Welcome, everyone, to Heart of Indie Radio. Oh, do we have a very special treat for you tonight. We have in our studio for an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at not only her music career, but the music industry itself. This is going to be so much fun. This artist is sweeping the country. Oh, who are we kidding? She's sweeping the globe with her always new, always just a little edgy, fun, totally relatable music that always seems to touch the human spirit. You're going to know what I mean. If you haven't heard her music, you're doing yourself a disservice. Reach out to YouTube and check it out for Spotify or iTunes or Heart of Indie Radio. We've got her right here. She is still in our our own top 10 week after week. She is iHeart Radio's future artist this month. She is our brand new signed featured artist with Hands of Grace, Ray of Light, and Heart of Indie Radio. Please welcome a real artist, artist, a real sweetheart, Madison Olds.
1: Oh my gosh, that is the most incredible intro I have ever heard. Um, can I take you with me everywhere I go in life?
0: <laughs> yes, at- absolutely, I have a new job. Captain Eddie's got a new job, cool.
1: Oh, that was love- fabulous.
0: <laughs> job security, right?
1: <laughs> yes, of course. You always got to <laughs>
0: Welcome to the show, Madison. We are so delighted and so honored to have you here. Wow, you've been really blowing things up here at Heart of Indie Radio and on YouTube and Spotify. With both of those recent releases, Thank You and Best Part of Me. It was really interesting that Thank You started blowing up after Best Part of Me. No idea why, it just did.
1: It's crazy. You know what? I think um, it's another one of those songs that just kind of speaks honesty and and truth and how people deal with their emotions and, and moving on from pain. And, and Best Part of Me also kind of talks about that as well. So as people probably dug back into my past and they're like, oh, she's got other songs about, you know, becoming stronger and everything's going to be okay. And, and they have a very nice message between the two of them.
0: They do. You've got some real magic working in your corner. One of the things that I really love about your music, and I think millions of people do as well, is that, it's instantly relatable you know your music reminds us all that there's nothing wrong with us it's just this is normal life these things happen and so there's nothing wrong with me i just got to work through it and you know what other people are working through it too so i'm not alone we're not alone in this battle so yeah it's kind of cool so i thought we'd flash back a little bit and just have a little fun and discuss (laughs) one of your favorite topics your early approach to music specifically <laughs> country music Can we chat about those early music stepping stones
1: oh my gosh you are taking me back uh oh, what feels yeah. like forever but it's really only been a couple of years since I know. I country girl that's so weird um well i was in this fabulous uh all girls trio we i didn't know any of each other i met one of the girls through um i had done a production of beauty and the beast and I had just met one of the girls through that. And she said she played music. And I was like, well, why don't you come over? And she's like, well, I have a friend that plays music. I was like, okay, well, come over too. I'll make, I'll make some pina coladas. We'll sit by the pool. We'll write some country songs. And it'll be super fun. And so I didn't know either of them. We had a pina colada. We giggled so hard. We wrote our first song ever. We're like, we're going to be the next Dixie Chicks. <laughs> we weren't. <laughs> um, and
0: what's but- the name of this group? What, what was the name of the group?
1: The name of the band was Bees in the Bare Bones because at the time my parents used to farm bees. They were beekeepers. And my other friend uh, in the band, her last name was Beauchamp Braison which is a very French-Canadian name, and she's like, I always said if I was going to become a superstar, I'd be Chloe Barebones." And I was like, well, even better. We're bees in the bare bones. And <laughs> it was so fun. We ran with it. We entered this contest in Canada. We ended up getting, I think, over 700,000 votes in two weeks, which is just crazy. We were like, from coast to coast, posters were being put up about us. And we ended up going all the way down to Nashville, which was so fun. We recorded our first um, single at the Sound Emporium. And we we did go to memphis and and we walked up and down the streets and then we saw every tourist attraction we possibly could and then we kind of realized we after a year we didn't really know each other we played about gosh i think 150 gigs that year we didn't know much about the music industry if there was no infrastructure to the band so the band totally just crumbled and fell apart and we all went our separate ways but i got the taste of being a musician and striving for that spotlight. And I was like, I can't ever brush my teeth again. If I have this to my mouth, I be a superstar. That taste is never going away.
0: <laughs> That's it. You're hooked.
1: I have brushed my teeth. I promise. <laughs> last, no I was
0: about to explore that, but we're going to just gonna pass on it. <laughs> but, oh my goodness. So yeah, I'd, I'd read somewhere a long, a long time ago that you guys had won a $10,000, I guess, an award uh, recording session there in Nashville. So you got an, an opportunity to go down to Nashville. Now, did you go back after your initial visit to Nashville?
1: Yeah, for a little while there. I was going every two months to write and record. I fell in love with Nashville. If COVID wasn't a thing right now, i probably right. uh, uh full-time because I was there uh, a little bit before COVID broke out, and I spent two months down there writing and recording and I love it it's probably one of my favorite cities in the whole world I think the musicians are so humble the people are so kind um when you know they talk about the hospitality and the bubbliness of the community in Nashville they really really mean it I've never felt so welcomed by some of you know the world's most talented songwriters before
0: I'm glad you said that because I was about to say basically the same thing and that is a lot of people think that Nashville is just all hype it's all glitter and nothing could be further from the truth there's some hard-working folks there and those songwriters are just very down to earth and they'll help you um they'll help you explore things they're not going to tell you it's stupid you know do something else they're going to help you work through it and if it's not viable they'll help you understand why and find something else but yeah they're great writers great people to work through I love the people in Nashville love them to
1: death and you know Nothing's a bad idea. Nobody ever makes you feel bad about yourself. You always come out of it being like, you know what? They're the most incredible songwriter I've ever worked with. And they thought I had a good idea. And I think that that's just so uplifting for up and coming songwriters is to come out of the room with your idols and they believe in you more than you believe in yourself.
0: Absolutely. You know, we have a lot of listeners who are tuning in that are aspiring artists or they're very early in their indie career. Or they're still in school, like our students over at Sax Music Academy there in Memphis. Um, so, in the interest of kind of sharing more about the early experiences, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about two of your earlier singles before these big smashes of you know, "Thank You" and "Best Part of Me." You know where I'm going with this, don't you?
1: I don't know. <laughs> How
0: about "Moments in the Mountains" and "Can't Touch"?
1: Oh my gosh, you really went way back. My first two singles. Um, I grew up in a smaller city and by smaller I mean like growing up there was about 80,000 people so it's still really big Um, but we have a lot of mountains here in British Columbia and that's been kind of my identity. When you grow up in um, BC, Canada, who you're known as is known as is based on the mountains around you and and so that was really important to me growing up. I sang, I danced, and I hiked. Like, those were all you could really do, uh, especially in the winter. You would stay inside and write songs, and then in the summer, you'd go outside and hike the mountains. And oh, my
0: goodness. I, I have mean, a fellow hiker in my hands. That is so cool.
1: I love to hike, and it sounds like such a rough life, right? You know, singing and songwriting and hiking. As I'm so hard done by it. <laughs> um, But I had to, um, I was placed with this task of writing a song for the BC Winter Games. Uh, It was their theme song. And I... How cool is that? I know, right? It's still so crazy to think. And it was kind of just at the beginning of my songwriting career. And I was feeling very overwhelmed with the task. It was very daunting. A long list of previous singer-songwriters had done it years before. And I was just feeling inadequate. And, And so I actually put it off. Um, I was just I didn't believe in myself enough and then I had this incredible experience where I hiked with a friend in Kamloops my hometown and I like we walked up in the dark and we watched the sunrise at the top of the mountain so we woke up at two in the morning hiked and then had our coffee at the top and um, it was so cathartic it was basically seeing the dark turn to light and a new day literally appear in front of your eyes and that um, it was just one of my favorite moments in the mountains. And that's kind of where the song came from.
0: That is so cool. And you were, you are painting such a picturesque moment. That is just beautiful. And as a fellow hiker, I, I totally get that. I instantly see it and you really can't know what that feels like unless you've done it. uh, it, It's, it's just beautiful. So now was this the Chevrolet Canada event?
1: No, no, this was before or it was kind of at the time um I had done the Bees and the Bare Bones and then the the year before the band started I got asked to write the song and then after the band broke up that's when the song was released. So ah, the time you. I was asked to write it and the time it was released, I think it was about two years, uh, and I really put it off to the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> but um no, and and I think I I had written Moments in the Mountains before going to Nashville and and really growing as a songwriter. And so as a songwriter, I, I sit back and I listen to the song and I'm like, this is my worst song in terms of writing capability. And I think of all the things that I could change. But when I think about like my best song in emotion and taking me to a place and like, T- taking me away from my, my reality and being able to imagine myself somewhere else, I think it's the best song. And it has probably the most emotion to me, even though the lyrics aren't sad or, or uplifting. It's very just easy listening, but it's emotional because I listen to it and I think at home.
0: You know, that is a perfect lead-in for a question I'm thinking about with you. And we're <laughs> going to come back full circle to audiences in, a, in just a second. But, you know, your music, and I mean all of it, seems so genuine and I mean it's so instantly relatable you can share uh your writing process if you like are you a pen and paper girl or do you like a laptop what's your environment like you know what inspires you to write is it other people's life your own experiences does it have to be something that you know you've lived through yourself to write about it or
1: I started out using pen and paper, uh, but then I realized I couldn't write fast enough as my brain was thinking, so I had to switch to a computer. Um, and I think, you know, I I've been super fortunate to have the life that I do—a mom and a dad that love me, a brother that's really supportive, lots of family members that are really excited to support me in my musical career—and not everybody has that. And so I think I. I live such a blessed life and I'm super fortunate. So in terms of hardship and pain and, and, you know, those types of experiences, I haven't had them. And so I have to draw from like my parents that, you know, grew up in a different world or friends that didn't have the life that I had, but something that I've always cared about. um, And as my, you know, style of music changes, like the sound, the sonic aspect changes, something that I really care about keeping consistent is a story and like songwriting is that I have something to tell, like something that means something. And I always say as a as an artist, you have a social responsibility to actually influence people. And whether that's, you know, your lifestyle and I wear these shoes because they're vegan or I wear that because it's cruelty-free. What I influence is through what I say through my songs. And I have to make sure that I'm always saying something that needs to be heard and that it's just not a throwaway song. And so... um while my stories are constantly changing and most of the time it is from personal experience, like best part of me, I was in Nashville by myself for the first time, staying in an Airbnb with a bunch of people that I didn't know. And I was really just nervous. I was anxiety. I had just spent um, a couple weeks with my whole family in New York and, um, we were, just visiting the area we had never been and I flew to Nashville by myself so I went from this super big bustling family experience to being by myself and going into songwriting sessions and I was just so such a wreck like I've never been the person to just shut down and and lay on a session floor and be like oh I'm gonna be an artist right now I'm the first to be like let's get coffee we'll be happy we're gonna everything's gonna be okay (laughs) but like totally not having it that day. I laid on the floor and I was like, what is going on? Like the room is spinning. I'm super sad. And I apologize to everybody. And they're like, oh, we're all feeling this right now. That's so serendipitous. And, and so for the most part, you know, they come from personal experience and I try really hard to make sure that they do so that I'm authentically singing about something that I can speak about. Cause I hate to sing or write stories that I can't relate to because then I feel like a fraud, but some, you know, sometimes those stories happen and then you just got to remind yourself that it's not your story, but the story has to be told.
0: Yeah. You know, I really appreciate and I know that our listeners do as well, that all your music is just very genuine. And you guys have just heard just one of the many reasons why we've signed Madison as a featured artist. She understands her platform and how to use it. And that is just so cool. You know, you kind of touched on this, so I might as well explore it. I think this is really cool. You really do come from a musical family. So, Mom, or Mominger, Rhonda, and Dad, David, um, that's correct, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You nailed it. They're probably going to (laughs) be listening to this, and they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, my name was said.
0: (laughs) Well, greetings, Mom and Dad. We love you. So, Dad was actually Berkeley trained, right?
1: He was, yeah. Jazz composition.
0: That is so cool. And music actually brought Mom and Dad together in a really cute and romantic way if I've got the story right. But I'm going to let you tell it anyway. But I just love that story so much. Why don't you go ahead and tell that story real quick? It's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, so actually, I mean, I wasn't there to tell you how it went. So I only have two sides of the story. Uh, Right. (laughs) But my dad had grown up playing the trumpet, and and, uh, he's basically one of those people that can pick up any instrument and play it, which I'm so jealous of. But he studied uh, at a college in Ontario called Western, and then he went down to Berkeley and he did jazz composition and played music his whole life got a little bit older, had to pick up a real job. Uh, My mom lived on the other side of the country. She was like a very competitive gymnast and her heart was to become like a theater major. She really wanted to do live musical theater. And again, you know, life came in the way. She had to get a job, go to school. And so they ended up meeting in the middle in a province in, um, it's called Alberta and they lived in this city called Edmonton. And my mom was, I don't know, maybe waitressing or running karaoke my dad comes in and he's eyeballing her up and he comes over and he like puts his arm down he's like hey if you ever want singing lessons call me <laughs> <Now> <laughs> there's if, a line lying <laughs> if i've ever heard one um and so my mom's like who does this guy think he is i'm not gonna call him for singing lessons but then yeah. She got the business card and it was that he sold cars as well. He worked for a car dealership. And she's like, oh, well, you know, my grandmother needs a car. I'm going to call him and get some car help. And my dad goes, okay, I'll help you if you go out on a date with me. And so they ended up dating and um, she just fell in love with the fact that he loved to perform as well. So, you know, fast forward a couple months later, they open up their own entertainment company in Edmonton and they're going around to all the bars Doing you know shows for everybody that would come out, and they'd host a karaoke event, so everybody could come sing. And they just, my parents have always been the people that have loved to entertain everybody, and I'm sure that's why I am who I am, and why my brother is as well. And then um, they had my brother, and everything had to come to a stop. My mom had to go to school full time, um, work full time, and my dad had to work full time as well just to pay for my brother. And, and then a couple years later, they had me. And so they've really, you know, set aside their dreams to have my brother and I. And so when we were both younger and we decided to pick up playing instruments and singing, they always made sure that that was available for us because I think somewhere along the lines, they felt like they didn't have that, um, that support or that financial support if, you know, somebody needed a little bit of help paying rent so that they could continue doing what they love and keep chasing the dream. And so... When I forget why I'm doing it, or why there's days that are tougher than others, or why my song's not doing well, or you know when I pick little things that I shouldn't really be picking i I remind myself that I'm not doing this just for me, but I'm doing it for my parents because they didn't have all of the luxuries that I have today
0: exactly. they're living vicariously through you, and it sounds like in a very supportive way. I just love that story. it is so cute now this you brought up your brother, he's also. A musician,
1: he plays the drums, right? He does. He actually, um, we played a really big show uh, a year and a half ago, I guess, in Toronto. We played like kind of it's almost like our version of um, Times Square in Toronto, and so we played there to a massive audience. And then we toured Asia together, him, my dad, and I. We the three of us played the show, it was awesome, it was so much fun. He's such a ham. Um, he actually was also a child actor, so he did. <laughs> He did Fido. He's just as much of like a spotlight sniffer as I am. So you can imagine. Oh, I love
0: that spotlight family, family event. event. Okay. That in a while.
1: <laughs> That's totally what we are. We're hounds for it. But like, okay,
0: give brother a shout out. You got to give him a yeah. shout out. Oh,
1: this is for Brandon. He'll love it.
0: <laughs> hey, Brandon, we love you too. <laughs> Keep her on her toes. Okay, so we've seen Grandma chiming in on social media too. So is she like your biggest fan? What's going on there?
1: Grandma is probably my biggest fan ever. She's actually so the one sweet. That found the contest that um, the bees in the, that started the bees in the bare bones. She sent it over to me. She's like, you need to be doing this, and she's always the one sending me everything. I'm sure she emails Ellen thirty times a day saying, "This is my granddaughter. She sings. Play her." And um, yeah, I'm so fortunate to have a grandmother who's learned Twitter who's learned how to use TikTok, who's learned how to use Instagram because she wants to be on every platform supporting, you know, every angle that she can of my music. And I don't know many kids my age that have grandparents that are willing to not just look at the app, but learn how to use it. She like she'll tweet for me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, grandma, you're a rock star.
0: <laughs> no, sweetie, this is how you do this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's like, You've got your hashtags. <laughs>
0: Oh, you know what threw me for a second? Did you say TikTok?
1: I did. Oh, my goodness. My grandma's on TikTok. She's commenting. She's liking. She'll, like, send uh, one of my TikToks to my mom. She's like, have you seen this? And my mom's like, of course I've seen it. And that's my daughter. She's like, oh, well, I saw it first.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, one of the things that uh, really new artists and aspiring artists worry about are those initial audiences, you know, the, the groups of 10 and 25 and 100 and get up to 1,000. That can be a little overwhelming uh, for a new artist. So what's been your largest group so far, your largest audience?
1: I think the largest audience I've played is 5,000, um, which I actually feel is easier than the smaller intimate groups. I feel like when you yeah like tons of people you can wash it out with the sound and the lights and you can just be a little bit more you know selfish on the stage but when you're in a setting where you can see every individual's face and every individual reaction and response and emotion it is so much more um nerve-wracking there's way more pressure when you can see everybody's face when i can't i don't you hate it (laughs) like i just keep going
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're exactly right. In an intimate setting where you've only got 30 or 40 people in the room, you can see all their expressions and those emotions impact your performance because you're processing that while you're trying to perform. Yeah, I totally get it. I'd rather I would much rather perform with 5000 people than with 50.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's such a different rush, too. I mean, like when you hear 20 people clap, you're like, oh, thank you, thank you. When you hear 5,000 people clap, you're like crying off stage because you're like, how do I process, you know, this many people validating in the song that I just sang? Like,
0: That's I'm a good point, yeah.
1: not worthy of this, you know. You, you just, you start to rationalize, you try to rationalize that many people listening to you and being present and knowing you. Um, and it is a very emotional experience. Yeah.
0: So what was that event? For instance, who was the audience? But
1: so that event was actually uh, the BC Winter Games, so I was there singing the theme song for all of the young athletes. So it was like, "Oh, wow, okay. probably ten to eighteen there to compete in their sports. And so it was like this massive party of young kids here to hear my song and it was just awesome. They had already all heard it like a week before cause they had done the games and so they were all listening to it. So they all sang along to it. And when I say like I got verklempt and choked up, I really did. I like, there were times where it's like, I can't make it through the song. Like I'm gonna cry, I'm so emotional about this. Um, and they were like tossing beach balls in the air and kids are dancing and and it yeah, it's probably one of my most memorable experiences.
0: That is so cool. Have you ever had a situation where you were impacted by uh, someone in the audience to the degree that it actually kind of interfered with your own performance because you felt their pain or their excitement or whatever was going on?
1: Two times in my life, uh, or one time in my life, I've been, like, playing with my bandmate at the time. Like, we went from a trio to a duo to nothing, and we were playing at a ski resort, and this guy looked at her, and he, like kind of you know that movement where they like shake their hand at their neck and they're like uh uh stop doing that we literally got like nixed off the stage and we were like musician there for a week and she was so traumatized I was like oh whatever we're just not their cup of tea that's okay we just keep going but she was like "I can't do this anymore and I was like okay but something that happens every time my mom comes to one of my shows I love her but she has such an expressive face that when something doesn't sound right or she's thinking, or whatever, she'll furrow her brow, and I will immediately pick her face out of any audience member. There could be 5,000, and my face would right, like directly go to Rhonda, and I'd be like, oh my gosh, she hates it, what do I do now? And I'll forget lyrics, I'll forget chords, I will trip up on what I'm saying. So I, I've like made a note where I can't look at my mom anymore when I'm doing this.
0: Mom, you're one stage left, and stay over there, will you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you're picking up on those visual cues.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, just because I know her. um, And if anybody else were to make that face, I'd be like, oh, maybe their back is sore or whatever. Like, you justify why they don't like your music. But when my mom does it, I take it so personally. I'm like, oh, I'm doing this for you. Like, why don't you love it? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah.
0: So what's on the agenda in 2021? You know, we're now into a new year. We have kicked 2020 to the curb. Um, And we've all made the best of it in spite of COVID. But now we're in a brand new year, 2021. So what's on the agenda for Madison Olds? Aside from being a featured artist, heart of any radio, uh, new music, what's what's coming?
1: Well, I... um... This last year, I fundraised for my partner to get some stem cells, so I'm very excited to be traveling down to Columbia to help him get back on his feet, so that's a really big thing for me for 2021 and we're going to be documenting the whole experience and and trying to help other people with spinal cord injuries and physical disabilities kind of find um, a new opportunity for recovery. also lots of music uh, can't stop won't stop so <laughs> COVID has given me a lot of free time in my life and I found that I took to songwriting so I'm really excited to hopefully release some new music in uh the new year but without gigging it's it's really hard for you know emerging artists such as myself to try and make money um especially when you spend most of your time managing socials trying to keep up with trends are songwriting getting music out um so it is really difficult, and I've, I have noticed um, musicians saying, hey, don't forget to support your songwriter this year by streaming their music at night or or making sure to like all their pages or buy a CD from them. And, and those things, you know, they really do go a long way because they allow us to continue to do what we're doing. Um, Absolutely. But in the new year, I think a lot of people can expect um, some more crazy antics of what's going on in my life, lots of new music, and I think just more happy smiles. <laughs>
0: Well, everybody can certainly count on more Madison Olds coming to Heart of Indy Radio and Hands of Grace Ray of Life. But how about music videos? Any of that in the works? I know that you've got a lot going on with your trip to Columbia, and I know that you got new music in the works. I'm, and believe me, we know how difficult it is to manage all the different platforms on social, on social media. Why haven't you posted anything over here?
1: I know, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. We get it. I uh, I would love to do a music video. I think um, it's just waiting for the right song. I mean, these new songs coming out are really exciting. One of them is really emotional that we're really excited about. That is and so I, cool. I think a music video is definitely in the future. It's tough with COVID again. You know, you got to do your protocols, and everybody's got to be distanced and, and Oh yeah, a little bit more difficult it, and, and funding. It, it,
0: so it's very very hard to shoot them. Very hard to get permits to shoot them.
1: Yes, but
0: um, <laughs> you know. What about well, live streams? I know those are difficult. It seems like once it started, you know, the whole world's doing live streams. I know. Um, and then you feel like, am I worthy? Are enough people going to listen? Are they going to yeah. tune in? Do I have time to do this every week kind of thing?
1: I was doing a, um, a little bit of live streaming at the beginning. And it it's really nice. Um, it, well, it was really nice at the time to kind of like, in lieu of an actual show but you miss so much um playing for people again i mean like sometimes those facial expressions can be the death of you but for the most part that's why you do it you know it's it's because you're doing it for the people and and hoping that somehow you're going to be a spark of happiness or light in their day Um, and i just feel like i missed getting to be that for people uh in person i actually did get to do a couple shows live um, but they were really hard because I wasn't allowed to go talk to people. Um, I couldn't thank everybody. I personally love to thank people that come to my shows, especially when they're smaller venues. I like to go up to the tables and say, you know, thank you so much for taking your time to come and listen to me. Um, your presence is just like really appreciated. And it really pained me to not be able to do that this year, um, with those shows. Cause I just felt so selfish playing and then getting paid and walking away because, you know, I do care about people. So it, it's...
0: Sure, it's that chemistry and you're missing that. Yeah,
1: I would that's stop.
0: an, that's an integral part of the whole process.
1: Yeah. Okay. So
0: digging a little deeper into Madison. So breaking away from music for just a second. Imagine that breaking away from music. What are we doing? What sort of hobbies do you, do you enjoy when you're not writing those big hits, those next big hits? What do you like to do?
1: Who, do who is Madison? It. Hiking is, like, one of my favorite. I love to be outdoors. Obviously, lots of dogs. I love to rescue. So I I find myself um, loving to be outside in nature, walking my dogs. I also love my family. It's probably not obvious, but it should be by now. Um, (laughs) That I love to spend time laughing with my family. Um, TikTok's also, you know, it's been a really interesting app in that, yeah you can use it for a business tool especially with music but it's given me some time to just show people a little bit of what goes on in my life and I get to be my funny crazy self like
0: goofy nonsense self yeah
1: and I actually have really loved the app and it's been successful for me like it's done really well I think I'm almost at half a million followers which is crazy to think that half a million people have gone out of their way to follow me and my story um but, you know, if I were to never be a musician, I'm not sure what I would do. Probably something to do with, um, like, people and helping. I kind of considered slash therapy or, or being a veterinarian because I just love to make people feel good and, and get people healthy and get animals healthy. Um, But I don't know. That, if, like, that is, a, a that's ma- so
0: cool. And I, I'm still trying to process that first sentence. If you were to not be a musician, I don't know how you could ever not be a, a musician.
1: I know. I don't like, you know crazy world let's think about it but if I wasn't you know (laughs) even then you know if I were to hang up my artist socks uh it would be more just because like I have to focus on a real job like an adult job (laughs) and then I could still play music on the side oh
0: my goodness adulting 101 I love it
1: (laughs) adulting 101 with Madison if you if you want some consistency in your life don't be a musician (laughs)
0: Well, you've shifted gears before, didn't you? Weren't you a dancer for like sixteen years or something?
1: I was a long time. I will tell you uh, that also didn't pay. Um, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's okay. You you. It's all a stepping stone. It, it's it, a process. Yes. So I'm gonna throw you a curve. I love throwing curves, and this is this is a, a hard one. So you think you may ever want to do a film project, like an indie film project? I mean, I'm just kind of curious, you've got music, dance, how about acting?
1: Oh my gosh, you have actually just opened up a question, you probably, it's a loaded question, Um, Mm -hmm. my brother and I have been working on trying to write some TV series this summer, he's been an actor his whole life, and and, um, me being the creative writer that I am, we've kind of been tossing back and forth ideas about either writing a movie, writing a YouTube series, writing a TV series to pitch Netflix. Um, But that is actually something that we've been working on together this last year. And so absolutely, film and TV are totally something that I would love to do. I love to act, singing and dancing. They go really well with acting. So it's safe to say that i triple threat. But um, it is hard to start when you don't know what you're doing. And it's like, being a musician trying to figure it all over again and now I'm like really confident at the beginning it was very daunting and so we're kind of at that daunting stage of like where? Do, what's next do we write do we pitch do we so yeah but that is something that I
0: totally think you could pull it off though I'd...
1: yeah okay I, if you think I
0: do this, I think I, it's... I think you could pull it off your personality is just perfect to be in front of a camera
1: uh, they're just gonna
0: let you they're just gonna let you run
1: yeah Um, and
0: and then check and see how close you were to the script
1: yeah right (laughs) not even close at all it's probably oh
0: my goodness that's good to know um and you're you're right it's a loaded question on your side but it's also a loaded question on my side in case you didn't figure that out okay so what piece of advice would you want to share with other indie artists out there who are perhaps um more nervous than ever about getting out there on that limb and taking a chance chasing their dreams maybe they've already started and just kind of tapped on the brakes and said whoa i don't know or they're reluctant about even getting out on that limb with covid on top of their 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 normal fears about the music industry what what kind of advice would you give to these folks
1: i think um when i look back uh, when i was really starting out i would I wish somebody had told me to not be so embarrassed and to have more confidence in myself regardless of like how you know good I should have been at the time or like if I was good or not I wish I wasn't so nervous to ask people questions or to ask for help or to have the confidence to go up to my you know idle songwriters and be like hey would you be interested in writing with me it, no okay nothing venture nothing gain and I, I just wish that like I had been that person then, because maybe I'd be so much further now. Because I absolutely am that person now. I have no fear <laughs> in terms of like posting something or asking somebody questions or trying something new. But maybe if I had been more um, daring and confident at the early stages of my career, I, maybe I'd be further now. And maybe not, but maybe I would, you know, be even more confident now. So I, I think if I could tell anybody anything. And like not even early stages, like any artist at any point of their life, like just it doesn't matter. Like none of it matters as long as you're having fun and you're doing what you love. What anybody else thinks is is irrelevant. And so you go out there and you put on the best show you possibly can and you be confident in everything that you're doing because that'll shine through. Um, That'll shine through probably the worst singer in the world. They'll be the best if they're confident about it.
0: Very good. I, I appreciate that. It's very true you know you mentioned something early on in that in, in that word of advice and it's worth revisiting so for all of you new folks out there who are just getting into music and you just <laughs> spending your money on your initial recording sessions getting into the studio don't be afraid to take charge uh, of your session yeah. uh, with the, with the producers and with the musicians they want you to take charge of your session because the only way they know what you really want is if you speak up and you know lose the anxiety and say no, this is what I want. And you know, that's my advice. I, I don't know, Madison. What do you think?
1: I couldn't agree with you more. I, at the beginning, I was so nervous to share all these ideas. I'd be in my room and I'd be like, mm, like doing all these like percussive things with my mouth, to a song. And I'd be like, this sounds so cool here. <laughs> And then I'd get in the studio and I'd climb up because that's like my opinions mean nothing.
0: Right, but, these are the pros. They know what they're doing. I don't know yeah,
1: what I'm doing. I'm, I'm going to step back. They knew what, how to do this. But I wish I had you know, shared those ideas because maybe it would have meant something. Maybe they would have said, no, that's a really bad idea. And I would have been like, OK, valid point. But I, I'll never forget. I had this wood shop teacher in high school. And there was uh, one of the... Um, like assistance. He was in a couple grades older than me. And I thought he was just so cute. And I just really wanted to ask him to like hang out at lunch. And I remember my wood shop teacher telling me, okay, what's his answer if you ask him? And I was like, I don't know. He could say yes. He could say no. And then he goes, what's the, what's the answer if you don't ask me? And I was like, well, n- nothing. Like he's going to say no. He's like, well, you have a better chance of having a better outcome. If you just ask him, ask the question, say what you want to say. And I, I always remember that. And I think that that's super important to remember in something like music. Like if you don't speak up, you're, nobody's ever going to know your idea. If you speak up, that idea might be the one that takes off and like blows up your career. And so no idea is bad. No questions bad. And just like know how awesome you are.
0: <laughs> and you'll always wonder what if, what if I had tried it my way?
1: Of course. You know?
0: And, you know, when, you, when you're going into this studio, it is your dream, and more importantly, it's your check you're writing. All yeah, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of dreams, I wanted to share something with you and, and with our listeners out there, and this is directed at you, Madison. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. You ready? Are you sure?
1: I hope so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. I just wanted to say this to you. I have no doubt that Madison, Madison Square Gardens is going to come when you least expect it
1: that just warmed my heart you know what that's i'm sure you know you know that's the dream but this year's been tough i worry that maybe those things won't happen anymore and that the the end goal might not ever happen but i just have to keep believing that madison squared madison and madison square gardens is gonna happen one day
0: (laughs) it is be positive
1: you gotta stay positive
0: exactly Well, Madison, on behalf of our entire team and your new family here at Hands of Grace, Ray Light and Heart of Indy Radio, welcome aboard. And thank you so much for taking time to speak with us here today and uh, your story with our listeners. So can you tell the listeners where they can find you online?
1: Yeah, you can just type in the fabulous M-A-D-I-S-O-N. OLDS, Madison Olds, on just about any platform, and I will be there, and I love to say hi to people when they reach out, when they tell me they like my song, when they tell me they don't like my song, you know, I'm always there, and I love to to be a listening ear to, to new friends and family. I hate fans. I feel like that's not what people are to me. When people follow me, they become a part of my bubble, and they just are one more family member of the Olds family, and uh, they're just part of the clan
0: yeah and remember folks artists love positive and negative you know and everything can't be positive go go ahead and share your thoughts have you thought about doing this have you thought about doing that yeah i would love to hear this kind of song you know
1: it can only get better
0: (laughs) actually yes all right everybody stay tuned for more madison old's right here at heart of Indie radio now we're going to get back to the music with guess what a double shot of madison Olds.
1: thank you so much um eddie and and heart of indie radio for having me it's always a blessing to get to talk to you and and i'm so eternally grateful for the endless support for emerging artists such as myself you know we could never thank you enough for all that you do thank you so much madison